Hello, everybody. Welcome to Jewish Daily Stories. We will be changing our name to Jewish Stories and More. This is Rabbi Karp, and you may see my name as Yankel Karp. Today's story is in honor of Ivri Tzur Ben Ayelet Nechama. If you would like to dedicate a story in honor of someone or for any other reason, please email us at jewisheducate at gmail.com. Same email as before. This story is called The Saddest, Happiest Story. Now, there are lots of stories that have a sad beginning and end up completely happy. Maybe it's a story about somebody who was very sad and then they end up very happy or they were in a difficult situation. They were in prison or whatever and they get out. But this is really a very sad story that stays sad, although there's a very happy part of it that stays happy, as you'll soon see. Once there was a very wealthy couple, a Jewish couple, named Sam and Marcy. And Sam had a big business that made lots and lots of money, Baruch Hashem. They lived in a big, big house somewhere on Long Island, which is outside of New York's city. And they had two little girls, two beautiful little girls that were the joy of their life. One day they went on vacation. They had a very, very fancy car that they would use whenever they drove places. They probably had a few very, very fancy cars. And unfortunately, and this is the sad part, which we really can't change, they were in a terrible accident. Sam and Marcy were unconscious, and it took them a couple weeks to wake up. They woke up, they were in the hospital room. They had very foggy memories of what happened. Just they knew that the weather was terrible and they hit something. There's a huge crash. They found out that what had happened was that a pole had been hit in the accident and fallen right on top of their car. It fell right over the back seat of the car. And unfortunately, sadly, one of the two little girls was killed. And the other one was very severely injured. And, of course, there's no words to describe how terrible Sam and Marcy felt when they heard this terrible news, which happened already a couple of weeks ago. They were in a coma for a couple of weeks. So sad. But the second girl, although she was alive, she was also in a coma and could not be woken up. She had serious injuries. And even though Sam and Marcy, little by little, recovered, and eventually were able to get out of bed, and eventually even go back to somewhat of their normal life, 
They really had a complete recovery, but it was not a normal life for them anymore because of the loss of their one daughter and the near loss of the second one who remained in a coma. Eventually, the hospital said that they've done all they could for the little girl and uh, they sent her home. Whatever it was necessary to keep her alive could be done at home as well. And the doctors didn't have any more ideas of what they could do to try to improve her condition. So the sadness continued. It was a double sadness, of course, one for the girl that was gone, but another sadness for the girl that was in a coma. And although Sam went to work every day, but um, it was just impossible to concentrate. And even when he came home, he was very, very depressed from seeing his daughter in this coma. They went to all the doctors that they could the best doctor's money could buy. They had plenty of money and they used as much of it as they could to try to get better and better doctors, but there was no doctor that seemed to be able to help them. One day, a business associate of Sam's, noticing how terribly sad Sam looked, asked him, what's, what's the matter? He was a Hasidic Jew and usually Sam did not really get very close or friendly with his business associates, people that he did business with. But for some reason he felt that he he could open up to this Hasidic Jew. And he did, he told them, he told them the terrible tragedy that took place. So this Hasidic Jew said, oh, well, why don't you go to Israel and visit all the holy rabbis there. There's many, many holy rabbis, and they probably can give brachas, blessings to you, that will improve the situation. Really, said Sam? There's such things as holy rabbis who can actually help someone like this? Very possible, said the Jew, said the Hasidic Jew. So Sam became very excited. He told his wife, let's go, or I'll go, while you stay with our daughter. And off he went to the land of Israel, and he began to visit one by one all of the holy rabbis that he was told could give a blessing that could lead to his daughter getting better. He visited and visited and visited each one was very similar. They would listen to this story and then they would give him a blessing that may Hashem help, she should recover completely or something similar. And they would ask him to contribute money to their yeshiva or to their shul. And of course he would. He would take out his checkbook and write a big check, a big generous check. But nothing changed in the condition of his daughter. He had given a lot of tzedakah and received a lot of blessings, but nothing seemed to help. Eventually, he went back to the land, he went back to New York 
went back to his home on Long Island, and back to his old pattern of going to work and staying at the office as late as he could, because he didn't want to face coming home. And then coming home eventually and um, having the sad experience of seeing his daughter in a coma. After a while, he couldn't stay home also. And he began to drive around at night, just drive around and drive around, drive around the city. One day, one evening, very late at night, he drove past a little synagogue. And for some reason, he stopped and went in. And inside, there was an old man just by himself studying some Torah book near the Aaron, near the ark where the Torah was kept. And Sam burst into tears. He stood in front of the Aaron and he begged Hashem, please, please, send a refua, help my daughter to get better. And he cried and cried. The old man came over to him and said, what? What, what can I do to help you? So Sam, for some reason, felt that he could trust him as well and told him the story. The man said, oh, there's a very, very special Rebbe in this town of Square, outside of New York. Why don't you visit him? Okay, one more Rebbe, I'll try, he said. He went to the Square Rebbe, but it was pretty much the same he wrote a big check for a donation. The Square Rebbe said, I give you a blessing that your daughter should get better. But this time Sam said, no, don't just give me a blessing. I want a promise that my daughter will get better. The Square Rebbe looked at him and said, I'm sorry, I cannot give you a promise. There's only one Rebbe who can give you a promise. That's the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Go to the Lubavitcher Rebbe and perhaps he will help you. So Sam got the address. He drove quickly over to 770 Eastern Parkway. And he asked, where's the Rebbe? He went home for the evening tonight, he was told. But tomorrow morning he'll be here. Come back. Go into that office there. Speak to the secretary and ask for an appointment. And that's what Sam did. Well, it took a long time until someone would give him an appointment. But eventually, the secretary said, you'll have to wait for six months. Six months, said Sam. I can't wait six months. Okay, said the secretary. So write a letter. I'll bring the letter into the Rebbe, and maybe I'll see you sooner. So that's what Sam did. He wrote a letter explaining the entire situation, and the secretary brought it in. The next day, Sam got a call. The Rebbe will see you tonight at 11 p.m. Sam was very excited. He and his wife, Marcy, were at 770 at 8 p.m. They were so anxious to have a chance to see the Rebbe. In fact, they waited until 3, 3 a.m., until it was their turn. They went in, and they gave a note to the Rebbe explaining again the situation, 
and they waited for the Rebbe's answer. The Rebbe said, I give you a blessing that your daughter should get better. But Rebbe, I want the promise, said Sam. For a promise that Rebbe said, we have to make a deal. Ah, Sam thought, okay. He wants a lot of money. He took out his checkbook and began to write a big, big amount of money. No, said the Rebbe, I'm not taking any money here. I want the following deal. If you want a promise for your daughter to get better, then Sam, you have to put on tefillin every single day, except for Shabbos and holidays. And Marcy, you have to light Shabbos candles every Friday and ho- Friday night for Shabbos and holiday before sunset. That's the deal. Of course, said Marcy. I'd be happy to light Shabbos candles if it means my daughter will get better. She looked at her husband, Sam, but Sam said, I don't think I could do that. Putting on the fill-in doesn't mean anything to me, and I don't see how I could put it on every day. I don't believe in it. It just doesn't seem like something that, that I could do. Sam, Sam, said Marcy, but this is our daughter's health. Rebbe held up his hand and he said, no, Marcy, please. Sam has to decide on his own to put on tefillin. Only if he wants to, then we have a deal. Sam thought, but finally he said, okay. For my daughter, I would do it even though it's very hard for me. It doesn't relate to me. It doesn't speak to me. But okay. So, for three weeks, she lit Shabbos candles and he put on tefillin. The Rebbe said, let me know when things improve. But nothing happened. Sam wrote another letter. Rebbe, I'm doing my part of the deal. You have to do your part. The Rebbe said, let me know when things change. Sure enough, a few days later, there was good news. Their daughter woke up from the coma, but she was very weak and very sick. Immediately, Sam notified the Rebbe that his daughter had woken up. The Rebbe responded, here are some exercises that she should do. He wrote out on a piece of paper, some exercises. Of course, I imagine that doctors also gave certain exercises. The Rebbe recommended these exercises as well. And she began to improve little by little. After a while, she was able to walk. Sam was so excited. He and Marcy actually bought an apartment right in Crown Heights, so that every day when he walked with her, he could walk right past the Rebbe's office. She began to get even better and better and better. And sure enough, eventually, she recovered entirely. And while they were living there, she began to go to the Chabad schools. 
And eventually this little girl grew up to keep all of the Torah and the mitzvahs. She married happily one of the Chabad students. And today they have a beautiful family, children, and perhaps by now also grandchildren. A very, very, very happy ending. Of course, the sad part remains sad. They did lose a daughter. And for that, we had no explanation. It's very sad. There are things that happen and they just don't seem to change. So for that, we have to have complete trust in Hashem that even though we don't understand, but we trust Hashem. But at the same time, we have to do what Moshe did. When the slavery got worse for the Jewish people in Egypt, he said, Hashem, why are you doing bad to these people? Of course, he had trust in Hashem. But he also asked for an explanation. We need Mashiach to come. We need the redemption. And this also is what we need to do as well. We need to ask Hashem, beg Hashem, and even demand from Hashem to bring Mashiach, to bring the redemption. At the same time, when things happen which are just bad things, we have to have trust in Hashem. And with these two in combination, trusting Hashem, and asking and begging and demanding from Hashem to bring the Mashiach, and learning more Torah and doing more mitzvahs, this will certainly speed up the coming of Mashiach. May it happen immediately. Thank you for joining Jewish Daily Stories, which will soon be called Jewish Stories and More. Have a wonderful, successful day.